What's up, y'all? How's life? What's up, man? Good, man. Waking up today with a new appreciation for Michael Jordan, which surprising in 2010, it took so long for me. 2020. That's 2010. 2020. What did I say? 2010. You said 2010. I was like, hey, what year are you living in? I was a little confused. I was like, what happened in 2010 to you, Arash? Yeah, right. Well, that's what happens when you're in a 700 square foot apartment for the last month and a half. That's fair. You start losing track of time. But, um, um, in 2010, we were in a 700 foot square foot house of yours in Blacksburg. <laughs> Yeah, damn, you're right. 2010 wasn't that much better. <laughs> Everything goes full circle. Everything goes full circle. That documentary was insane. I actually like really appreciated it. Um, it was pretty awesome. I don't know. I'll let you guys jump in first, but I, I loved it. Yeah, honestly, I didn't. I didn't know what to expect because the way that they uh, showed the early on clips, it just looked, you know, so hype. You're like, this looks awesome. Like, I hope it plays through like that. Yeah. I think the best thing that I liked is that they did two clips and not just like one episode and then like wait a week. Like you get to get one in and then you're like, oh, I get another hour to go watch some of this stuff. Right. Which is funny. Why didn't, I guess, I don't know why they don't just make them two hour episodes each weekend instead of making two one hour episodes. I mean, I guess it doesn't matter. Also, it's a documentary on Netflix as well. So I guess they're just splitting an hour by hour for. Maybe on demand I think. not knowing really what's in all the documentaries but i would say from the first two it seemed kind of like episode one was kind of uh about the gm jerry krauss and about jordan early on getting drafted everything and then episode two started to kick off like pippin's story yeah um but yeah dude uh honestly um i'll start off with the first episode uh it was awesome like there's so many things that we kind of already knew about jordan um that you expected to see certain things like, oh, like uh, high school not being, uh, you know, included on the varsity team, things like that. Um, and then obviously going to college and then becoming the prolific scorer that he was and then getting drafted. But um, what did you guys think about uh, some of the other stuff that you saw about Jordan that wasn't generally always mentioned about him? So when they said he was in, when he's a rookie, and he went into that room where they were like doing lines of coke and drinking and stuff. Notice how he said, "I didn't drink then," because I, yeah. I feel like after a couple of years, the term, he got the running that was, day. Yeah, the term was coined as the traveling cocaine circus, is what the boys <laughs> called. Yeah. Um, man, obviously you kick it off with that. I was like, man, well, he's into it. But all right, let's start with that hottest topic right there. Dude, I mean, yeah. That, I, I could think of is, as that's being said, and every member of the 84-85 Bulls team is looking at their family like, yo, I was not in that room. <laughs> <laughs> that's so true. Um, I'm so happy that they started it off that way. Like, I guess I figured all the hype and, like, um, commotion about this was that this was about the 97-98 season. It's called The Last Dance. So, for some reason, I was going into this thinking they're only going to cover that year. And I love that they're actually like going a little bit further back and giving a recap of how Jordan like was brought up and how he got into basketball, how he got through his high school and college years. Um, I wasn't expecting that. I, I didn't think they were going to do a very comprehensive overall documentary about him. I thought it was only to be about this one year, 97, 98. So that's something I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, I'm learning a lot about him than I, I thought I was expecting to through this documentary. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and I love like, yeah, how it was like that chronological order. Um, so I like uh, how they read the letter from what he sent to his mom uh, when he was in college. Mm -hmm. 
he basically yeah. was like that broke college kid. He was like, I have $20. He's like, uh, here's my bank info. Can you send me some money and some stamps? <laughs> right. Shows you the times back then. We've all been there where we've like sent texts now uh, when we were in college. But yeah, back then you would send a letter to your mother, which was pretty funny. But um, dude, yeah, he's just unreal. Uh, I um, Growing up like in the mid-90s is when I was starting to get into basketball as a young kid. And like my favorite player, like UP, was Kobe. And so, like at a very young age, I guess I kind of grew a resentment towards Jordan. And because everybody was on Jordan's bandwagon, and for some reason, like very early on, if you were an MJ fan, you almost had to support an argument that Kobe wasn't as good as MJ. And so, being a Kobe fan, I like naturally became defensive and almost shied away from even like observing MJ, and definitely shied away from appreciating him. Right. And um, just because I felt defensive because everyone was attacking Kobe because they were MJ fans, it, for some reason it was like impossible for people to enjoy and appreciate both of them. And so I gravitated towards my side and only now am I actually gaining uh, an opportunity to like watch him and learn about his story and uh, appreciate the person, the athlete that he was. And um, it's pretty awesome. Like everything that I've always heard about him being amazing, I'm in two episodes thus far and I haven't learned anything yet. Yeah. But um, it seems like it's holding true. He he was one of a kind. I would I would agree with you. Um, obviously, talking you know talking about the Kobe aspect of it. Um, when I I remember watching Jordan, but it was towards the end of the career, right? I was young. It was towards the end of his career, so we didn't really see where he began, what he did. Um, but that he kind of went back to back, won those championships. But you never really knew where did he come from, where did he get to. Versus Kobe was our modern day or our era's Jordan. So mm -hmm. watching and appreciating everything that Kobe did only made me want to be like, okay, well, Kobe copied everything almost down to a team what Jordan did because he loved his work ethic, what he did. But we've never seen into his life. How did he do? How did he do it? What did he do? Because all this has been locked away for, you know, 20, 30 years. So right. I definitely appreciate it. Like you're saying, like watching it come in um, and watching it go chronologically versus only that 97, 98 season. Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like I had a point, but now I'm blanking on this point all of a sudden. Yeah, I'm blanking on my point. Whatever. I thought it was just cool. The way I was afraid that, like, what you were saying really originally, Rock, was that, like, oh, I feel like, or maybe Pete, you said it. One of y'all said this, but, like, it was really hyped coming into this documentary. And I was really worried it wasn't going to live up to its hype. And, like you guys were saying, I went probably out of left field because I totally forgot my train of thought. But I was coming into it. I liked Jordan growing up. I didn't. I wasn't a Kobe fan growing up, so I had no resentment towards Michael Jordan coming into it. Um, I mean, he was a wizard too, so that was cool. I mean, he wasn't as good when he was here, but um, I mean, it was cool to see the side of Jordan that isn't this like Jordan is this like idolized figure, right? You're seeing him in real moments that we've never. Mm -hmm. seen he didn't grow up in like not grow up. He didn't play in the social media era, right? Like we don't see the the human side of MJ. We only hear like we only saw his like best moments, and then we hear about like the the shit on the side. But we never see, saw the middle, like normal human that he is. So like I saw, I thought those moment moments in the show were pretty cool in the documentary where he, like where he's talking about you know like oh he was deciding on whether he should come into the league or not or play his senior year right with Dean Smith, and then when he got drafted, you could get that southern accent still, and like he was just mm -hmm. talking really humbly and all that stuff. I've never seen that Jordan. I was. I was a fetus. I wasn't even a fetus yet when that happened. Yeah. Like, 
I, I thought that was like him being humble was the most shocking thing I ever saw. And like, I, I hope, you know, we can make the playoffs in like next year or something. Not like I'm yeah. going to murder everything and every, I'm going to murder anything and everything you care about to win this championship kind of thing. So I was, that was right. seen. Yeah, no, I actually, now that you mentioned it, that's exactly the feelings that I was having. Like I was looking at him and I was looking at a like young baby face Jordan speaking so like politely and uh, genuinely. And it's like nothing I'd ever seen before from all the videos and highlights of him just uh, having that like killer personality at all times of the day, not just during games, but like during like early press conferences, weeks before games, he would always just get this hard surface um, game face Jordan. And it was nice. It was like refreshing to kind of see at least what he was like early on. Uh, yeah, I think um, it was funny definitely watching that. But then there's some transition in there where um, they start talking about when he broke his foot. And there was yeah. a 10% chance that it could end his career. And I believe uh, at the time, they're, they're like, what if I told you you had a headache and nine of the pills could, you know, cure your headache and yeah. the 10th one could kill you? And he's like, you're like, what would you do? And he's like, it depends on how bad the fucking headache was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that, that like started to transition towards the mentality of the person that we remember him as being is just that ruthless guy like wants to do everything possible to win i yeah. also realized like i always knew jordan was dominant right but i didn't know how early he was dominant right like i didn't realize that he was they were in the playoffs their second his second year in the league like i didn't mm -hmm. i know he's been dominant but i i I mean, they were obviously dominant in the 90s, like the um, early, mid-90s, right? But, like, I didn't realize it was, like, in 80, what, 85, this his second year that they were – he was, like, already dominating the Boston Celtics. Like, that 63-point game came in his, like, second year. And it's still the record to this day in points in a playoff game. Yeah. Dude is – Actually, what I was about to transition to, um, I was going to say is – so, yeah, when he came back from that foot injury, they put him on a 14-minute, uh, uh, you know, total time for the game um, on a limit restriction. And he could only play seven minutes in each half. And to get to playing uh, the Celtics for that playoff game, they had to win the game they were playing against the Pacers. And I think it was going down the stretch, and it was, uh, I believe – it was a tied game, and there was 14 seconds left, and they always had this, like, buzzer that would go off. That meant Jordan was done at 14 minutes. The buzzer goes off. He looks over, and he's like, yo. He's like, don't take me out of the game. Coach is like, I got to take you out of the game. He's like, they already told me I'm going to get fired if you play one second over. And he was so yeah. pissed that, you know, he was thinking that they were trying to tank because at the time they were the ninth seed. And they were just trying to go for a draft pick because Pippen was out and all that. And, like, that showed, like, the mentality of where he was like, yo, win at all damn costs. And he's like, it's 14 damn seconds. Let me play the game. Right. You got lucky that I think it was John Paxson hit the game-winning shot that took him into that playoff series. And even though they were undermatched, you know, he put up 49 in the first game. And then I think he basically was telling uh, – it was Danny Ainge. He's like, yo, I've got something coming for you. And then the next game he dropped 63 points, which um, ironically happened 34 years ago this day. Really? At the so, Garden, too, No, yeah. which is not an easy atmosphere to play yeah. in. So um, it's kind of interesting that obviously the last dance drops yesterday and now today was like the 34-year anniversary on that. But 
don't yeah. know. It just kind of just shows into like the type of athlete he was, and he still has the record. Sixty-three points is the uh, most points scored in a playoff series. Really, that's pretty insane. Um, something that I guess I didn't really know um, until this documentary, and I only learned it I think afterwards. Um, kind of following people on Twitter and reading a lot of articles, just still being fascinated with this uh, topic hours after the uh, show ended, was that up until that point, and even a little bit after that point, and it's still a little bit prevalent today, but a lot less, um, the understanding for basketball front offices was to draft big men. And big men was the way to win games and to win championships. And, you know, Jordan wasn't even until the third pick, right, in that draft. They, Hakeem Olajuwon went first, and the second overall pick was another big man. Um, Jordan was kind of one of the few um, first guards to kind of make that transition and of people's mentality and mindset on how to win basketball games. Um, up until that point, even the Boston Celtics, right, the reason they were so dominant that year and for many years is because they had these tall um, shooters uh, all across the court. And so Jordan kind of started that wave of, of understanding that no you could have these like supreme athletes at the guard position who could just as much influence the game as these big men who that we've been convinced for these past decades yeah like definitely they they went with Olajuwon and then they went with uh, Sam Bowie and then the Bulls were like yo we're absolutely going to take Jordan but everyone was basically shitting on him like Hey, he's six six. Uh, you can't you can't carry a team. He's not big enough. And then yeah, next thing you know, Jordan comes out with the fire. <laughs> yeah. All right. I you know, insane, dude. Go ahead. So I was I was reading like um remember on they mentioned that like um so I was you know how he had the sixty three point game. There was like a, a subtitle that came saying that, you know, he pretty much summing up that he had the most fifty point games, like um, of any player, right? In in, wait, what? I think it's what five of them. He has eight. I just I looked it up just today, but that's that's nine. It's eight, right? And it's crazy. So I looked up all of the people that have had fifty point games or more, and how many players do you think have had fifty point games in the playoffs? Oscar Robertson. Um, it's 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 more than like a few, but just Probably five, four. That's 25 people that have a 50-point game. Okay, 50, you're just saying in general, okay. Yeah, in general, right? How many players do you think have more than one? Two people? It's, it's four people. Okay. Four okay. people have had more than one 50-point game. Jordan had eight 50-point games. The next best was Will Chamberlain, who had four, half of that. If you take the other guys that had it, they have nine altogether versus Jordan's eight alone. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that is insane, man. Dude, yeah, it's it's ridiculous having that many points. It's not like he was on shitty teams not winning championships. He was on great teams winning championships. It's not like he had to do it all on his own all the time, right? But he did. So That explains why the uh, French reporter tried to sneak in uh, autographs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that was funny. I, that was kind of funny. That was hilarious just watching that happen. The guy's like, yo, what the hell are you doing, man? You can't do that. <laughs> Yeah. And he's like, what? And he's like, go away. And he's like, what? And he's like, go away. He's like, okay, fine. There were well, certain even... things like that that were very uh, just entertaining, like that they threw in there like that. And then uh, the former resident of Chicago. <laughs> yeah. Put that yeah. in Obama. And then the former governor of Arkansas for Bill Clinton. Like, oh, yeah. just, I don't know. That's funny. 
Dude, yeah. I actually didn't know that, like, that Paris game that they had, right? I guess, I don't know, do they have other Paris games or not? But that's, like, um, I don't know if you guys know, Jordan, the Jordan brand, there's only one team in in um, soccer in Europe that's sponsored by Jordan, like, as a Jordan brand, like, soccer team. And it happens to be Paris Saint-Germain. So I don't hmm. know if that was some, like, correlation because he does a lot of collaborations with this with that team. So I don't know. It was a random, yeah. I realized, as a sneakerhead. So, okay. And that Jordan brand has exploded, at least like his athletic one. I know he had like cologne uh, at one point. Maybe that he cologne? Still does. No, that cologne. <laughs> I used to wear that before basketball games. Is <laughs> that any good? It smelled terrible. It smelled yeah, like a really I, really good. Good. I think it was just whatever. Yeah, but his athletic brand has like blown up. Like it started as a basketball brand. Oh, there you go. See, evidence. Yeah. Exhibit A. But um, I think I think they like have football uniforms for some uh, D1 schools. You just mentioned they have a they support and sponsor a soccer team out there. Um, yeah. So that's one of his best business ventures that solely based on his name, his reputation, and his success has um, made him millions ever since. Um, which is one of the topics now that we're talking about money that was interesting from this documentary, right? The huge pay discrepancy between Scotty and Jordan. Um, which I guess I, I guess I never knew. I'm, I, I was like listening to it and maybe I had heard of it once, but I never really looked into it. But that's just crazy to, um, yeah. to kind of realize it. I'm surprised that didn't ruin their relationship, right? Like usually when you have your number one guy and your number two guy with such pay discrepancy, you would think there'd be resentment um, building in their relationship, but they, had, they didn't suggest it in the documentary. I mean, yeah. it, it seemed like Scottie Pippen's decision off the bat to take a seven-year contract right. and not get restructured. I don't think... It, I, I, I think that I think that um, Scotty Pippen knew that it's it's a manager problem. It has nothing to do with Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan's not saying don't pay him, right? Right. It, it was wild what they did with um with Jordan. Like that thirty million dollars he was making then was historic. Like he was making so much money. Like players now make thirty million dollars. So they that, implemented that, a yeah. they implemented a like a max like salary for a player because of that. People he, was right. he was making 33 million that year. Um, and then Scotty Pippen was making like 2.78. And then Ron Harper, Tony Kukic, all of them are making like four and a half, four million. Right. right. But before those final two years, like I, I saw on Twitter, someone broke it down. Like their pay was right around the same thing. Like Scotty Pippen was always like uh, 700 to 900 less in salary that and Jordan. So if Jordan was making 4.1 until those final two. I think Arashi going out, man. He just jumped to 30 mil. Yeah, you, Can you, you hear me out. now? Yeah, you kind of. Uh, yeah, you're just freezing for like the last 15 to 20 seconds. So yeah, I was just saying like, it was just those final two years where Jordan's salary like skyrocketed and Scotty's was still in that $2 million range. I mean, the thing with that was, right, Scotty Pippen said that he took a long-term deal from the get-go. He's like, I'm going to take my seven-year 18 million because of what had happened in his family. Um, it's just kind of like a freakish thing where his dad ended up in a wheelchair. His brother ended up in a wheelchair because, like, you know, it was like uh, they were wrestling around and he got hurt and ended up in a wheelchair. And he's like, I got to preserve the longevity of my career and take the money up front. And, you know, in the clip they keep saying, he's like, what do you think about that? He's like, he's like, I'll get paid. It's all right. My day will come, you know, so – I, I, you know, going to that, I can't see him being pissed at Jordan about it or anything like 
Jordan yeah. was given to him. Jordan, I mean, yeah, it was him and Scottie Pippen. But, like, even at the end of the day, right, Jordan said, you cannot say Michael Jordan without mentioning Scottie Pippen in the same sentence. Yeah. He's like, it was me and him. It wasn't just me. Like, without him, there is no me. Yeah. yeah. So. I, I just want to put in perspective how much money Jordan made in today's money. That $33 million he made in 97 is worth $52.9 million now. That's not something even like LeBron or anyone gets paid now. Like it was astounding that they had to make a rule about it. So you can't just, it wasn't, it's not an open market anymore, right? Like there's a cap and they have bird mm-hmm. and stuff like that now. I mean, it's just, yeah, it's just terrible on the organization itself, not trying to restructure the deal. They're kind of like, hey, like you signed it, don't come back. This is what you didn't get. And it kind of sucks because right afterwards, as he kind of hit the peak of his career, um, so like in that, 90 uh what was it 97 98 season right he was first overall in assists and steals on the team on the bulls and he yeah. was second in scoring rebounds and minutes played but yet he's sixth paid overall on the bulls but he's 122nd highest paid in the league which was like 2.8 million so if you took that into today's time 122nd today is like andre roberson on okc who's getting paid 10.75 yeah it's, it's yeah it was it's it was bad like it was bad i'm pretty sure roberson's numbers aren't anywhere close to what pippen was putting up well it's crazy that he's making 10 million dollars like okc is a bunch of idiots if they're paying that scrub 10 million dollars um but yeah that was that was pretty crazy but that was probably i mean let, let's not feel too bad for scotty pippen like i remember reading an article this morning saying his cumulative uh earnings throughout his nba career the the dude did really well so it's 164 million in today's month. Yeah, he got paid well. Portland, he cashed out with Portland. I do want to take it back, though. Like, let's go a little bit before that. So the, the documentary also goes in chronological order for him, right? So I, it was kind of crazy that Pippen didn't even receive a scholarship at the University of, I think it was Central Arkansas, like a D2 school, right? Mm-hmm. He started as an equipment manager. Mm-hmm. Star as an equipment manager, and he was there waiting and waiting for someone to get hurt or, you know, become academically ineligible, et cetera. And then eventually it happened. He kept begging the coach. Beg- the coach gave him a scholarship. And then I believe it might have been from sophomore or junior year, he grew like six inches over the summer and came back and just started killing it. So he yeah. went from equipment manager to the, uh, what was it, fifth overall pick in the draft? Mm-hmm. So – what I was trying to say is that uh, Pippen's story, right, like the, you just explained, is very similar to a lot of these, like, great athlete stories that we hear, like persistence and, like, commitment to their craft and just, like, constantly going at it and convincing whoever they need to convince working on their craft is what eventually gets them to where they eventually end up being, which makes the story that much greater. The fact that Scotty wasn't given the opportunity, the fact that Jordan got cut initially from his high school team and had to spend all summer to become now what – now is obvious he's the best basketball player in the world. Um, it's just ironic to know that at one point they weren't given the chance. Right. I, I think it was hilarious how um, – so they're talking about this, and I think it's right after. Um, they're like, Jordan bought him, like, a pair of uh, clubs, uh, and, and Scotty Pippen's basically like, he only got me that to take all my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you're like, you're literally just talking about how – this guy did not get paid. And then Jordan, on top of that, he's like, let, let me add some insult to injury and let's uh, go play some golf. 
Dude, that's so funny. I d- can we talk about Jerry Krause for a second? Yeah. No, I was going to say that was like the last uh, person that was kind of included in the documentary, which kicked off the first like six minutes of the show. No, 100%. But like Jerry Krause, can we talk about like, okay, like Jordan, all the players sound like they didn't really like him, at least not Jordan and Pippen. Pippen for one reason, Jordan because of the injury stuff, he felt like, you know, he didn't trust management, right? And then Pippen because of the money. But can we talk about the talent evaluation of this guy because he got jordan he got pippen he got horace grant he got he killed it for charles oakley i'm pretty sure in he the traded beginning charles oakley for a center he traded him but i think he also drafted him in 85 i think so he didn't draft jordan though right like he came in he the year no he actually didn't which is the confusing part if you remember from the documentary Bulls had a GM that drafted Jordan, and then Jerry came onto the scene. And I think he came on to the scene uh, Jordan's rookie year. But from my understanding, and I, I might be completely wrong, but from what I was gathering from the documentary, he actually wasn't the guy that drafted Jordan. But he put the entire team around him. And, like, yeah, as much, as, as much shit as he got, obviously, in the, uh, during that time, and as much as they uh, paint him in a negative fashion in the documentary thus far, He's a huge reason why they even had a chance to go for all six championships. No, you're right. He did not draft Jordan. He 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 was kind of given Jordan, but then he moved into like all the other pieces to build that championship run team. Uh, both both rounds, basically. And yeah, and it, just, um, like Jordan hated him for moving Charles Oakley. Like at the time, it was the right move. They needed a true center, um, and you know it kind of obviously paid out, but. The way that he kind of conducted himself with the players and everything, never he just never had the respect of them. Yeah. yeah. I mean, from a executive standpoint, though, having Jordan and getting him all the pieces, that that is – he did the if – you, if you think that the Bulls are the best team of all time, if you think Phil Jackson is the best coach of all time, or one of them at least, think Jordan is one of the best players, you think one of the – like, he had the best – one of the best supporting cast. I mean, he is the guy that put it all together, to be honest. Like, he really did. Like, yeah, I mean, from the get-go, right? Like, before his relation went down with Phil Jackson, he was boasting about Phil Jackson as a player to try to get – He hired Phil Jackson. He hired huh? Phil Jackson. He hired Phil Jackson as an assistant. Like, Yeah, I'm saying before that, like, he yeah, was yeah, yeah. all about Phil Jackson, and then he hired Phil Jackson. He made Phil Jackson the elite-level coach that he was, basically. Yeah. He got Jordan his status of, you know – I mean, Jordan was already great, but he gave him the rest of the team that he needed for it, so – in that in that way itself, he did. He was a mastermind at crafting that team. Maybe not so much good at everything else, but that piece of it, it was exactly what he was brought in for. Because in the documentary, they're like, "Oh, you don't want to touch this guy," and he's like, "No, I do, because I know he's good for this specific purpose. Everything else is, yeah, it's definitely going to be shit, but we'll go with it." Yeah, I mean, in my mind is that Jerry was a uh, so he was a GM for the Chicago White Sox, right? Yeah. And like. He's just friends with the owner of the Bulls, and he just like nonchalantly says, "Hey, I want to be the GM for your basketball team." And the owner's like, "Okay, you got the job." Like well, as easy the, as that. Was he the GM for um, the Bullets before that, the Baltimore Bullets yeah. before that, or a scout? Okay. He, scout. So he, he had been hopping around a little bit here and there. It was the Bullets, and then yeah, basically the GM or the guy called him up and was like, "Hey, like there's an opening for the GM position of the Bulls," which is like getting them back into that, like, kind of front office area. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, that, I mean, it's kind of interesting that everything that we're mentioning right now, all the good things he did. Um, so when they're celebrating like their fifth championship in seven years, like the guy was getting booed when they called his name. Yeah. Which was like, uh, that just kind of shows you how, yeah, it transitioned and what he kind of did with his reputation there. I mean, it has to be because every, they knew he made the announcement that Phil Jackson's not coming back. Right. And then, and then, um, um, MJ is like, yo, I'm not coming back for another coach. Right. And and you see what happened with Pippen not wanting to play. Like, I mean, that all points to one guy at that point. Well, so. It's kind of just sh- like a shitty personality to be like telling Phil Jackson, like, if you, I don't care if you won 82 games, you're done. You're not coming back. And he, like, what do you, what, like, Phil Jackson's like, he said, okay. Like, like what do you say? Like, fine. <laughs> uh, yeah, but like, like, what is your objective as a general manager with? general manager of a sports franchise if you're saying hey even if you go perfect i don't want you back like you you're looking for the coach to have a perfect season like you want the coach that's going to take you to the championship and you're like driving these people away so my my philosophy while i was watching it was kind of similar to what you're saying arash and like the way jordan was explaining it was hey we haven't lost yet when we lose do what you want and you know make changes but if if we're still defending the title that we just won like how can you come into the house and say we're gonna break it up we're gonna rebuild he's like we haven't lost anything yet yeah i mean like that that blew my mind where i was like you've got you've already gotten five titles in seven years and you're going to defend another title and you're already like we're done here we're not going to continue this at all I like what I like what what's his name um, MJ said. He's like, look, like you don't know how long a rebuild's gonna take. Look at the look at the um, look at the Cubs. <laughs> right. Cubs, they've been doing it forever. That right? was a subtle blow, which was great because he was he was scouting for the Cubs, right? And then he's yeah. like, look at this, they've been rebuilding for forty two years. And I was like, that was such a subtle blow uh, to Jerry. Was the White Sox? Who's on the White Sox? Or uh, sorry, White Sox. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just I just yeah I thought it was thought it was funny. I mean I just I. I am excited for next week. I'm absolutely excited for next week. There's finally something to do sports related now, you know, like there's finally something it's like game of Thrones all over again. I have Sundays, something on Sunday nights. Now there was like one part of it that um, they didn't really get into, which started to get interesting was the feud between Pippen and Krauss where he basically was like, yeah, I don't respect them anymore. And he just started like taunting and messing with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like the bus scene. They cut it off, but he basically, they said he like went out, just like pulled out all the strings, went off on Kraus uh, to the point where Phil Jackson's like, "Yo, you need to like chill out." Uh, kind of wish they would have gotten into that. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, the yeah. thing that it reminded me of—I don't know—does the name Jerry ring a bell to you guys? Because the thing that um, this entire time, as I'm watching a documentary and I'm seeing all this hate towards this character named Jerry, it connected me back to Straight Outta Compton. And how they had an agent named Jerry, and they all hated him. Dr. Dre hated him, and um, Cube hated him. And it was just, like, funny that it was the same name, and it's the same. It's like a group of talented people who all hate this one guy, Jerry. Well, Jer- that Jerry was taking their money, though. <laughs> yeah, that guy was taking money. <laughs> well, this guy was taking their future. Like, it's crazy to think that Jerry was trying to stop them from getting this third championship and stopping them from defending their title. But it's just as crazy that he didn't let them go for the fourth one, right? Like, they could have got four in a row if they kept that team together. Um, eight in a row. Who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, building on that. Like, there's – it's not like Jordan only retired because, like, I mean, Pippen was gone. Dennis Rodman was going to be gone. And, I mean, Phil Jackson was gone. Like, I mean, he's got – Yeah. 
you got to keep a team together until the wheels fall off. If you're going back to back to back to back finals, man. Um, That's like, that's like modern day warriors, right? Like that's like, yeah, you've had players come in and out like Katie and whatever, but your fundamental basis is it's always been the splash brothers. Uh, You know, you have Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. And it's like saying, Hey, we're going to get rid of Clay Thompson. Uh, We'll just, we're going to break it up and try all over again. Yeah. It's um, and those wheels eventually did fall off for the Warriors. So now they're kind of like in that stage of uh, rebuilding. But um, yeah, that blows my mind. Um, but yeah, yeah, Mike. Go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying I did see this on SB Nation's like DC Wizards um one um, the Bullets Forever, and mm-hmm. they were like the only Last Dance I want to see is like um him in a Wizards uniform, his actual Last Dance. Yeah. I was like, I'm here for that. Let me see it. Let me see it. Oh. I'm, ha- I'm sure uh, Jerry is actually happy he doesn't have to watch this documentary because... Jerry is not he- around, Arash. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm sure he's happy that he's not around to see this. Um, yeah, but yeah it's- he can't defend himself, right? Like, Right. I mean, people are defending him. There were players that are like, he was a nice guy. It's not like he was a bad guy. Uh, and even in the documentary, they gave him credit. Like they, they, yeah. they recognize that without him, that team wouldn't have been built the way it was. hundred percent. I hundred percent. One oh. funny thing that I'll mention, and this is kind of personal to me, is that as I'm watching this documentary, I'm like realizing to myself internally, I'm like, damn, this guy is just like Kobe. Like he's got the same drive, the same killer instinct. It's and then I, head. yeah, exactly. I have the epiphany and I realize oh, everyone else is probably thinking the opposite. Like everyone who's living in chronological order saw MJ first. And then when they saw Kobe as a young kid, they were probably thinking, oh, this Kobe guy, whoever this kid is, he has a lot of similarities to MJ. But like I mentioned earlier in the pod, um, I never really saw MJ at a young age, right? I, I got all my attention and focus on Kobe. And only now through this documentary, am I actually getting my firsthand experience on knowing who MJ is. And so I'm kind of having it in reverse order because I know who Kobe is in and out, and now I'm seeing this young MJ, and I'm like, oh, this MJ guy has a lot of uh, a lot of the same traits that made Kobe great. And so I just, at that moment, I realized how backwards my life is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just the era, right? Like, I, I remember I, I did get to see Jordan play live once, but it was when he was on the Wizards, and that was at the end of his career, versus we were kind of fortunate where we caught a lot of uh, Team USA uh, exhibition games, things like that, when Kobe was still somewhat in his prime. Mm-hmm. And in 2008, when he was going into the Olympics, we saw primeness of Kobe coming off MVP, all that. So just the era that we watched and we kind of watched the second half happen for us first. And then now we're going back to see Jordan. Right. I, I will say, even in his um, Wizards years, Jordan was balling. Like, Jordan was still balling. He put up points, yeah. He, he still, still put up points. He still averaged 20-something, 20 22, 23 a game or something. Yeah, like he was still killing it. He was older. You could see it slowed down a little bit, but it wasn't, like, it wasn't by a lot. Like, it was his, his like, little, his little less was still a lot more than a lot of people's best. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I think, um, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch the next episodes. Uh, the one that I'm particularly interested in is in the previews we've seen that Kobe's in it so I want to see my two worlds collide kind of what we're talking about a rush where there's this new footage of Kobe that obviously is probably the last footage we'll ever get of something new about him but see him talk about the goat and probably how he learned from him etc whatever I, I can't wait to see that I didn't know there was uh, any Kobe footage in this documentary so yeah I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that and I'm looking forward 
you know, to the day one day when hopefully they make something similar, um, chronicling Kobe's greatness and life and story. Um, and it's sad to know that he won't be able to be a part of it. Um, but for the time being, yeah, it's pretty special to get to see this Jordan doc um, and get to actually learn about him finally. Very true. I mean, I imagine there will be. I imagine. Isn't there already been one that's like – They had the one when he had his Achilles injury. They, they dropped it then. Um, where Spike mm-hmm. Lee, I think, did it. So that one was definitely interesting. Um, kind of look – it was like a look into his life and everything. But um, I don't think they've ever done a full chronological one. There's always been like different periods of it. Um, right. But yeah. I'll see you guys. Well, I'm excited for next week. I can't wait to – get next week going for um for this because it's going to be a great thursday through sunday it's gonna be nfl draft nfl draft nfl draft this and then we're coming in monday just can't call out of work on monday just call it yeah. out oh yeah you know, i just want to say by the way i'm pretty sure i i mentioned this last time but i was like yo i wonder how the uh nfl draft will go with it being electronic and no issues and they already have issues on the first pick of the draft <laughs> they're doing a mock draft and it, 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 it like crashed or something they couldn't pick it right that's i heard that i saw that there's a um i was looking online for just like gambling because you know just seeing what's going on in the world and there is a prop bet to see if it gets hacked or not and it's like, oh, yeah. I think it's a thousand to one that it that would be insane. Hot, hot, hack. That it's would like, be insane. Dude, that'd be hilarious if it got hacked. That'd if I scary. was like someone who had that type of like computer savviness, I would definitely like, let's say I'm a Redskins fan, I'd try to hack into the Cowboys' uh, computers <laughs> or system and like block their communication so that their pick goes and they couldn't. No, submit but they, their already, um, they already said that they can pause the draft. Every team will have the capability to pause the draft if they're trying to trade or they're having technical difficulties. But that just means someone can, like, lie and be like, oh, I'm having technical difficulties. 100%. 100%. What a time to be alive. I mean, I 100% see that's going to happen on, like, the third pick. It's going to be like, yeah. I was going to say second. I was like, no, the Reds. I mean, I was going to say, let me correct you there. Let's do it to the second pick. You know, since Arash took my pick, uh, (laughs) forfeit the second pick is what I would type in. Yeah. Wait, have you guys seen the two pictures that are floating around Twitter right now of uh, the different home setups John Lynch has, the San Francisco 49 yeah, GM? that one was dope. And, it had, like, like, basically one large screen and then, like, two panels, two panels, like, moving back towards the... Dude, like, yeah, he had, like, seven monitors hooked up. He had, like, three different landlines on his desk. But then the reverse was Dave Gettleman, the New York Giants GM setup. Have you seen his? Yeah, they had that one, too, yeah. He just had like this one little dinky laptop, a yeah. huge binder, and like some lotion in the side of his desk. <laughs> <laughs> it was like, it was too so that's funny. The Cowboys versus the Redskins setup right there. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, if I'm if I'm a Giants fan, I'm like shaking my head so hard right now because my GM looks like he's in his basement, where all the 49ers GM looks like he's got a spaceship set up in his room. Dude, it's there's a the reason why one team is drafting five. One team is drafting like 30, 31. That's kind true, of true. right there. Um, yeah, that'd be exciting. It'll be exciting. I just want to ramble off one point that you guys didn't ask me this question. So now I just want to tell you guys because mm-hmm. you didn't ask. Um, where'd it go? Hold on. I have it. I have it. The, the third, the person with the third most 50 plus point games in the playoffs is Allen Iverson. Just want to throw that out there. Just want to throw it out there and then we're good. So, I won't go on a huge tangent, but have you ever watched Allen Iverson's football highlights from high school? I've, you know watched, I, I've watched almost all of them. They're crazy. Yeah. 
He was supposed to – he was ranked better than played, Michael Vick coming yeah, out. Yeah, he played defense – he played defensive back, special teams, QB, like – Dude, was, he was unbelievable, yeah, man. Yeah. Like, he was so fat. He, he looked like Michael Vick. Like, he reminded me of Mike Vick, Tyrod Taylor. Yeah, it was him and Michael Vick that were leading in uh, stats. Like, during the season, they're competing back and forth. Each week, they would basically overlap each other. Yeah. It's yeah. uh, it's unreal. Like, he could have just as well had a great NFL career. I mean, I, he probably made the right decision for him because I can't see Michael Vick playing basketball. I'm sure he like he probably could play, but, like, I don't know if he would have been elite. And Iverson was elite in basketball. And from those high school footage, he looked like he could have been elite in football. They said he technically was better at football than basketball. Yeah. Like, that, that's yeah. Awesome. It's because that's of that whole, um, the whole court case that happened that he couldn't play football. That was all the yeah, the bowling alley incident. He was ineligible after that when he got arrested for that, and then he was ineligible. And, like, the reason he went to Georgetown is because his mom literally talked to jo- uh, Coach Thompson was, like, pretty much begged him to take him in and, like, watch him. And that's, like, that pretty much saved his life at that point of Coach Thompson letting him in, John Thompson letting him in. Yeah, there's you know, a couple – yeah, whenever I hear shit like that, it also reminds me of, like, Randy Moss and, like, how Randy Moss just – yeah. There could have been nothing too similar, yeah. similar type of uh, issues. Man, Randy Moss got two like he got two chances because like when he he was at Notre he was gonna go to Notre Dame. And then and he, got off, he got kicked. No, he was supposed to go to Notre Dame originally. Got kicked off the team before the season started. And yeah. what's his name? Lou Holtz, like pretty much got him into FSU, and then got kicked out again for weed. Yeah, he broke his probation, and then he ended up at Marshall University. Yeah, he's like – he basically was like, yo, I smoked, like, one joint. He's like, that's all I did. <laughs> yeah, and it's crazy. Now it's like, man, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> what's, wild cash, is, me. what's wild is Randy Moss had this problem, but Alan, or Alex Hernandez got drafted in the first round from Florida. That's, this is wild how this world works. Yeah, man. Part out. <laughs> one thing I'm looking forward to, and I'm hoping they cover in the documentary, is – uh if they continue with this very comprehensive coverage of Jordan's life and career is the two years he took off because like, there's these rumors of why he took those years off. They won't. Doing depths. Yeah. I really want to know, man. And I'm sure he probably won't go into it, but like you want to know before he passes and like, he's the only one he'll tell you. It's not those years that they talk about. It's the, it's not those two years after because it's not, it's um, the two years prior it's the it's the yeah year. in between the two three peaks yeah, yeah yeah okay okay i thought you're talking about the ones before the wizard year it was uh, yeah i don't think that well man no I think it was probably basically him coming off those wins like the obviously the the conspiracy is that he got caught with all the gambling and that's why they're like you're the face of the league you're like the greatest athlete in the world at this time let's just have you take retirement for two years and we won't say anything and then you just come back Right. It, it I want to. I want to hear it definitively, but from someone who's like officially in a some capacity. He, he would never ever say it because that would just be that tar- that one tarnish on his career, right? Like, yeah. Right now, he has nothing. Honestly, he's he's just Jordan. And then as soon as you throw that in there, you're like, okay, let's add that to his list. Unless of it, you know, one day on his dying bed, he wants to say it or something. Who knows? Right. I mean, so I'm looking, I'm looking online and it says, um, David Stern denied it in 95 and 2006 that his 93 retirement was a secret suspension. 
And then in 2005, Jordan discussed his gambling on 60 Minutes and admitted he was reckless. He made reckless decisions. And he's gotten himself into bad situations where he pushed the envelope. Um, yeah. So I don't think it's ever going to be said if he didn't say it in 60 Minutes. Because he was at, sorry, I was going to say the last thing he said. He was asked if his gambling ever got to a level where it jeopardized his livelihood or family. Jordan replied, no. Damn. So I doubt you're going to get what you want from that. No, I'm sure I won't. I never get what I want in life. I do hope they get into I do hope they get into that, um, you know, that uh, Olympics practice that they had between uh, Magic Johnson, him, uh, Charles Barkley, and all those guys. Um, it's like the greatest game that was never played because it was a practice game, basically. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Like, like, they just went at it, and then that was like afterwards. He he basically would tell them like, "I'm gonna, I'm a post up there, fadeaway jumper," and like he would hit it. And then after they played, he walked into the locker room, looks at him, he's like, "There's a new sheriff in town," and then hmm. he just walks out. <laughs> That's awesome. That's why. So I hope they cover stuff like that where there's very limited footage or whatever because they didn't have anything. So like maybe. They somewhat have some of this stuff. I don't know. To yeah. this day, uh, in my opinion, MJ's greatest achievement as a basketball player will always be the day that he saved the entire planet from the Monstars with Bugs Bunny by his side. <laughs> I don't know if he'll ever top that. He basically was playing Space Jam when he was playing the Celtics that year when they got the eighth seed. Like him yeah, dropping 63. Yeah, man. One of a kind. But no, that's awesome, Doc. I can't wait for next week. 100%. 100%. We'll do this again next week. We'll do one episode of this, one episode of the draft, and, you know, keep everyone entertained. Man, they're smart. ESPN is smart for doing it now. We had nothing else to do. They could have not had a better plan. 6.1 million people watched it yesterday. There's nothing else to watch, so why wait? Right now is the greatest time to – like, it's the best thing that could have happened for them. Everyone's at home, and everyone's looking for new material, and boom, drop it. It was the best 30 for 30 they've ever done. Six, 6.1 million people. That was one of them. That was awesome, yeah. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, this was fun. We will do NFL draft next week. It's going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. It's what we live for, I think, in some way. Some sad way we live for it. Let's hope I'm not cursing out the Redskins at this point next week. The second pick, the Washington Redskins select every kicker available. <sighs> I really hope they don't screw this up. Yeah, me neither. I really hope they don't either. But I think Chase Young is lock, lock and loaded. So at least you won't be upset night one. It is thankfully leaning that way from what I hear. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if they find a way. Yeah, fair. I agree. I, 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 peace. It was just.